But we're going to take some time. I know it's, there's been a lot of elements in this service already, but we, we want to take some time now to hear from God and study the Word of God, if that's okay. Is it all right if the carrot sticks and the dips and jats just wait an extra five minutes more than normal this morning? Can we do that? Excellent. Because, um, you know, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 tells us that all Scripture is inspired by God and it is there for the purpose of three things, to show us what is wrong with our life, to teach us what is good about our life, and thirdly, to equip us to do what God needs us to do. And I love that thought that Pete shared this morning about bobbing in the waves with the kids and just having a good time with the sunglasses on. And, and, uh, and I, I love watching Bondi Rescue, so I know what kind of trouble that gets us into. And, uh, but that's, that's not the reality of what we have signed up for to be Christians. The, the journey to follow Christ is not one of bobbing in the waves. It's, it's one of being in a battle. It's one of having something to do with our life, having a purpose of what we need to do. The reality of being a Christian, of being reborn and, or born again, is that, that we now live behind enemy lines. We have an enemy. He may be defeated, but he is there and he is, he is in our life every single day trying to mess us up. We live in this, this Christian journey that is about being in a battle. It's about taking ground. And that's why we need to study the Word of God. That's why we need to hear from Him so that we can see what we need to change in our life, but also know how to be equipped to do what He wants us to do. And that's what's exciting about the theme we're doing as a church this year, being every day with Jesus. And at the moment, we're going through a series on prayer. And looking at our prayer and how to pray and, and the importance of it. Because in its simplest explanation, what, what is a relationship without communication? And walking terrible, exactly. Adam's staring at the ground. Uh, but what, what is a relationship? If we want to spend every day walking with Jesus so that our life may be better equipped to do the things that he has for us to do, then what is it if we don't have communication? And, and, and isn't, in an essence, prayer our communication with God, talking to Him, hearing from Him every day, and that's the importance of it. And today I want to talk about that, and we're, we're going through this series at the moment of looking at the, the prayers of the Old Testament, so prayers that were prayed that, uh, that, that many of us will know and go along. And, and Today, I want to share what I, I would call a, a fundamental message in my life and also in, in, in the team of youth leaders that we have for Wildfire. We have this aspect that we call our DNA. It's six characteristics that we believe we need to have as a team or as individuals that are going to make us an effective team and therefore see the mission that God has for us to do. And the reality of them is we might talk about them in the context of youth leadership, but we also believe that they're just characteristics that we need to have as Christians, as followers of Christ, because we're all called to lead in some capacity, whether we're in a ministry context, whether we're in a, a business or work context, or whether we're just fulfilling the Great Commission in our life and leading other people to Jesus. We all need to be leaders in some context. So we have these six DNAs, these six characteristics that come out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and they are positioned, purposed, capable, committed, intentional, and growing. And we talk about them on repeat 
And I'm going to talk about one of them today in the context of prayer and, and in this series. But fun, like simply what it comes down to is we believe that God, as Christians, as followers of Christ, positions us for a reason. The sphere that you're in, your workplace, your circle of friends, your social groups, your families, you're not there by any chance or by anything you're, you've done. You're there because that is where God has positioned you at this time and in this place. And not only that, you're there for a purpose. Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, tells us that we are God's masterpiece. Who doesn't feel like a masterpiece before coffee in the morning? Excellent. I have some people. We are, we are God's masterpiece. And the reason why he saved us was to do the good works that he planned for us long ago. So we are positioned for a purpose. We're also capable of doing whatever he asks us to do, provided we are committed to it. And if we live a Romans 12 life of being intentional in everything that we do that Pete spoke about this morning, taking our everyday ordinary life and placing it before God as a living sacrifice and remain growing, not just stagnant, but people who are growing, learning and hearing from God, then we will be the type of team or the type of church or the type of people that can see the mission of God fulfilled for what we're doing. And today we're going to have a quick look quick look at the prayer of Jabez, which comes from 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. And it's a, it's a great little prayer that pops out by this guy named Jabez. Now, to get a little bit of context of the message, uh, in this part of the Bible, we're having a bit of a history lesson. We're going through the genealogy or the family tree of Judah, of the tribe of Judah and And if you've seen it, it's all talking about the descendants and they had these children and these children. It's it's the kind of part that if 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 it comes up in your Bible reading plan, you kind of just skim through it. Or if you do audio Bible on U version, you change your speed to like twice as fast and just ramble through it really quickly. And all of a sudden in the middle of this chapter, the, the author pauses to report of a significant person named Jabez. Now, we don't know much about him, except that he prayed this incredible prayer. And it seemed so important that the history lesson had to pause for a moment to talk about Jabez. And it says there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. And all the mums said... Not going to say it. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. So significant this prayer that the history lesson had to pause and remember Jabez and the prayer that he prayed. Now, I'll be honest with you, when, when I got the, the, uh, the teaching series for this, I actually said, can I not do the prayer of Jabez? <laughs> and the reason why is because I have heard this prayer used so many times in the context of prosperity. And it was probably 10, 15 years ago, there were songs written about it, you could buy books about it. And, and the intention of it at that time was good, but I felt that I heard so many people talk about it in the context of, God, would you expand my territory and enlarge my house? Would you enlarge the size of the engine in my car and the amount of leather that the seats have? 
Would you enlarge my bank account? And I just can't believe that a history lesson would be paused to remember a man who has no other significance in history unless his intention was selflessness, unless his intention was, God, would you enlarge my territory so that I may be a greater influence for your kingdom to do the things that you would have for me and not just to have more cows and more acreage. It has to have been the intention of Jabez, or else why would the history of the tribe of Judah be interrupted to remember this very man? And we still pray these prayers today. We say them in different contexts. We say, God, would you use me? Would you make me salt and light? Would you give me opportunity to serve you? Would you put me in places and positions where people would be prompted and I could talk to them about you? Would you allow me to do more? Would you give me more influence for the message of Christ? We still pray this same prayer. We just do it in a different context, in a different wording in our age. It's still a prayer that we make as a church that says we don't want to just be a Sunday social club. We want to be a church that actually influences the community and the spheres of the world that we are in as individuals with the message and the hope of Jesus Christ. It's the prayer that we pray As a church, it's the reason why we want to spend every day with Jesus. But have you ever found yourself in one of those positions where perhaps you've prayed a prayer like this, or in a a modern language like we just talked about, but found yourself in those positions where you feel out of your comfort zone, out of depth, wrong place at the wrong time, perhaps this was meant to be someone else. You know, it could be in, in, in the context of you, you, you pray for opportunity for God to use you and then someone asks you a question and you freeze up. Oh, I don't know if I can answer this. I don't know if I know the right Bible verses to say. I, I don't know if I can pray for this person. I don't, what, 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 if, what if nothing happens? Perhaps you've found yourself in a job because you prayed for your opportunities to be expanded for the kingdom of God and and you found yourself in a job, maybe your resume was more of a fairy tale and, and you've ended up in the position and you're like, God, I don't know. I feel out of my comfort zone. I feel stretched. I feel like I shouldn't be here. But yet we have prayed these prayers in our life. Am I right? Yeah, good. When I was, when I was younger, I was helping out at a Youth Alive concert and there was about 2,000 teenagers there. And uh, I was helping backstage and, and I was the, like, the assistant to the assistant of the assistant of the assistant stage manager. Um, but, I, but I thought I, I had a great, a great job there. And, and my job, like my only job for the night, was when the video finished at the start of the night and the crowd went crazy, I had to pop out and put the microphone stand in the middle of the stage... So the guy who was leading the band could come out with his guitar and just rock the show. It was the 90s, so it was good music. And, and, uh, and so I was ready behind the curtain, and I was all good to go. I was listening for my cue. I heard the video stop. The crowd go crazy. All right, lights are down. I walk out, put this microphone in the middle of the stage like that, and I got everything right But the lighting guy missed his cue. So here's me, probably 16, 17 years old, 2,000 young people screaming. And I walk out, put the microphone up, and the lights come up. (laughs) 
Now, I believe I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> but there's one thing that I cannot do very well, and that is sing. And so here I am, lights on, 2,000 screaming fans who are potentially about to be extremely disappointed. Uh, and classic case of feeling very much out of my comfort zone, not capable of doing what appears that I now need to do, <laughs> and, and feeling out of my depth and in the wrong place at the wrong time and completely freezing up and standing there for so long that people said to me afterwards, I really thought you were going to sing. <laughs> and I know you can't sing. <laughs> but I, I uh, shuffled off stage. It's probably the only reason, the reason why I only got asked to help once. And uh, Matt came out and he sang and, and he, he filled in where I needed to be. But it's that whole feeling of feeling completely unqualified for where we end up, even though we pray these prayers in our life. God, would you... Enlarge my territory. Expand the influence that I have. Give me opportunities to do what you want me to do. And then so often we find ourselves holding that microphone, lights up, 2,000 people, and we just feel completely unqualified. But the thought that I want to share in about six minutes today is one that I've shared before, but, but I want to share about it in this context and it is part of that DNA that I talked about earlier. And it's uh, the fact that I believe that we are capable and have the capacity to do all that Christ has asked for us. And there's a great passage of scripture in John chapter 21. And it's a time just after Jesus had been resurrected and, and some of his disciples are sitting around waiting and they're literally waiting because life hasn't exactly turned out the way that they planned. They had this promise, this belief. They, they'd prayed for an expanded territory for the kingdom to come. And Jesus had died, been resurrected, had appeared to them, but they were still sitting around waiting for all the promises to come true. And so Peter says in verse 3, he says, I'm going fishing. Now, that's th th this is a whole message in itself because I, I don't know, it, this might be relevant to you right now, but if you've ever found yourself in the place of waiting for God to fulfill the promise in your life, hold on. You see, what Simon Peter actually did here was he went back to the thing that he'd always done. He was a fisherman. He said, God hasn't seemed to fulfill his promises in my time, so I'm just going to go and do what I've always done, go back to what's comfortable, go back to what's easy, I'm going to go fishing. So some of the boys say, we'll come too. So they all went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Classic Adam fishing story. Spend all night, catch nothing. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. And he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? Now, the book of John was authored about 90 to 110 AD. So this is what, around 70 years after the event. Now, I think that the disciples have changed the story just a little bit because if I'm ever in a position that I've been out fishing all night and caught nothing, and someone says to me, fellows, have you caught anything? I would not respond with, no. 
I would respond in other ways. So I think they adjusted the story. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. Now let's think about the context here. These are professional fishermen living in a culture of fishing in a village that is all about fishing multi-generational fishermen, everyone knew a fisherman and they've been out fishing all night long, don't you think they would have tried the net on the other side of the boat? Do you think that the fish were sitting under the boat going, we are pretty safe here on the right-hand side because they're only throwing the nets out on the left-hand side, but help us, oh goodness, if he throws the net on the other side of the boat, thankfully he hasn't done it all night long, so we're pretty good. I would have thought that these guys not only would have responded differently, but also have exhausted every opportunity they knew to try and catch fish. But it says, so they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Jump down to, or they then, they then realize that Jesus is there with them, that it's him Jump down to verse 11 and it says, So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish and the net had not torn. And this is a point that I want us to grab today in, in the context of praying big prayers in our life for expanded territory. Because remember that this is written 70 years after the event. It wasn't journaled about that night. It was talked about and remembered and written down 70 years later. And I've got to ask you a very important question. Have you ever known a fisherman to be that accurate and that precise in their record of a fishing trip? I mean, every fisherman I know, if they came back with 153 large fish and you said to them, how was the fishing trip? The answer would be, ah, oh, nearly 200 just smidge under 180. No one is ever that specific when it comes to catching fish. Also, this is a fishing community. This is the kind of part of the world and a time in history where everybody knew fishing. Everybody knew a fisherman, had one in their family, had been doing it, knew, knew everything. So why was it so important to record 70 years after the event, that there was exactly 153 large fish and the nets did not break. I want to suggest that the reason why it had to be recorded is because everybody in that area and at that time knew that on any other occasion, 153 large fish would definitely have broken the nets. Or else there is no reason to record the specific amount of fish and that the nets had not broken. It must have been common knowledge to fishermen of the day that if you catch 153 large fish, your nets will not be able to handle it. So the difference here is that we have fishermen who listen to the instruction of Jesus catch a record haul that is talked about 70 years later without breaking nets. Where any other time you go fishing, catch that many fish and your nets would have broken. What's the difference in this situation? The difference is that Jesus 
gave these fishermen an instruction, told them what to do and how to do it, and because of that, their nets did not break. You see, the simple message in the light of praying big prayers is that if we pray a big prayer, go fishing, hear the instruction of Christ to go and do something, he knows fully well what we can catch without our nets being broken. That's the difference. The capacity that we have to fulfill what Christ has called us to do, he knows better than us, better than the experience of the fishermen of the past, better than the community of fishermen in our life at this point of time. He knows better than them exactly what our nets can handle before they are broken. Bring that into the context of our prayer. God, would you bless me? Would you expand my territory? Would you use me? Would you give me opportunities to serve? Would you put people in my path this week that I can influence with the message of Jesus Christ? God prompts us. The Holy Spirit reminds us, talk to that person, do something for this person. And that is where so often we as followers of Christ will pause and say, hang on. I don't know if my nets can handle this. I don't know if it is the voice of Jesus. I don't know if I have the capacity to take on more in my life. I'm already too busy. I don't know if I have the capability to answer the question. What if they say yes to prayer? What if they challenge me on my views? And we pause and stop in this position. But what if as a church being a group of individuals, said, we are going to trust the voice of God in our life that he knows better than even we do what our nets can handle before they break. He knows the capacity. He knows what we're capable of. He came so that we could have an abundant life, not a life that takes on so much on our plate that our nets become destroyed and the catch is ruined. But he knows exactly the capacity that we have to serve him and to do that which he calls from the beach to us without a single part of our net even being damaged. Imagine what that would mean. For our community, for our worlds, for this city, for our schools, universities, workplaces, sporting clubs, social groups. If we, as followers of Christ, never settled in the spot of listening to the voices of the fishing community telling us what our nets can handle, but rather listen to the one who created the net. I like to think about it in the context of a balloon. And uh, we're going to hand out this week's challenge. And today, for, uh, as an apology for the service going over time, we're going to give you all a free balloon. And I'll get the band to come. And uh, we'll probably finish singing a little bit of Oceans. Yeah. And our challenge for this week, our take-home 
is every day pray the prayer of Jabez. And it's written on the card for you. Oh, that you would bless me. Expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Remembering as much as I think we all deserve a big house and a nice car and a great holiday and a healthy bank account. Remembering that this is a prayer to expand our territory to be a greater influence with the message of Christ in our life. You insert that between those two lines and you get the last line. And God granted him his request. That's our prayer this week, every day. But I got this balloon for a reason. And I only want to take a couple minutes more of your time this morning. But what's the biggest fear you have when you're blowing up a balloon? It's going to burst in your face. It's going to pop. And the manufacturer will say, you can blow this up to probably 20 to 25 centimeter diameter. And so we do. We we blow these balloons up, which a lot of people are doing, which is great. But I want you to think about that. Because there's a manufacturer of your life that doesn't just have a thereabouts, 20 to 25 centimetres. He actually is so specific about our life that he knows the number of hairs on our head or the number of hairs you used to have maybe. He doesn't say you have a a thereabouts number of hairs on your head. He says, I know exactly how many you have. Just like he knows the capacity of what we can handle in our life before our balloon pops. And I want us to think about that this week as we go, as we pray the prayer of Jabez every day. If we're going to pray bold prayers to increase our capacity of what we can see done in the name of Jesus... If we're going to pray prayers that say, God, I know that you saved me for a purpose and I want to live out that purpose. If we're going to pray prayers that say, Spirit, lead me. Whatever the next line is, I can't remember, but it's good. Spirit, lead me where I, my trust has, without borders. Then we've got to know that He's only going to give us enough To see a great harvest, but not our balloon bust. So every day as we pray, the prayer of Jabez, God, actually say it in your own language. God, would you use me today? Would you give me opportunity? Would you put on my heart someone to speak to at work? Would you remind me of someone to pray about this morning? You just believe that every time you pray that prayer, your capacity is going to get bigger. And whilst you listen to the instruction of the Lord and not the people around you, we will see a great harvest that will be talked about 70 years later with the specificness 
of a non-fisherman. 153 large fish. Did you see what North Lakes did? They were that influential in their community that there was a difference in the North Lakes region of Newcastle. And yet their nets did not break. They did not burn out. They did not fall away. They stayed committed to the mission and to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you saved us for a purpose, that you didn't just bring us out of the world and into the kingdom of God just to enjoy our life, but so that we could go back out on a mission and see so many more people come to know the freedom that we have in you. Lord, this week as a group of individuals that come together as a church, as we pray that, Lord, would you use us? Would you give us greater capacity? Lord, I pray that you fulfill those prayers in every heart and every life in this room today. That in the weeks to come, in the months and in the years, we will see great fruit. We will see so many new souls, so many families, so many lives changed because they've encountered you. But Lord, that nets would not be broken. We thank you that you care for us, that you love us, that you only have the best for us in our life. And Lord, I pray we clearly learn to hear your voice and your prompting as we become fishers of men in this region. In the name of Jesus. Amen.